Welcome to the BJU Press Teacher Edition Podcast, where Christian educators are encouraged and inspired as we bring you interviews, practical ideas, strategies, and answer your questions about teaching in today's culture. And here's your host, Jenny Copeland. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. We are genuinely thrilled that you've taken time to join us. Our hope is that over the next few minutes and each week when you join us, you'll be encouraged and walk away refreshed in your calling as a Christian school teacher. And of course, we really hope you'll take away some practical ideas as well. Speaking of joining us each week, we really hope you will join us each week. Take a minute to subscribe to the podcast and please do share the show with your friends. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. We are Teacher Edition Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Teacher Edition Pod. That's Teacher Edition Pod. By the way, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it really does help out the show. One other quick item before we jump in today's interview, I want to invite you to go to our website, which is TeacherEditionPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to our emails so you'll receive updates. And because I know as an educator, you need a little happiness in your inbox. So please take time to do that. Also on the website, you can submit your questions, your funny stories, and testimonies. I know very few educators who lack a generous stash of funny classroom stories and stories of rewarding moments as well. So please do share them. I'm guessing I'm not alone when I say it's like a shot in the arm to be able to relate to one another's experiences as educators, as well as to laugh and rejoice together. So we really look forward to including those stories and responding to those questions at the end of our interviews in our upcoming episodes. So speaking of interviews, let's jump into today's conversation. So I'm very honored to have Jeff Keaton joining us. And we're going to talk about why biblical worldview education is so important. And honestly, I really couldn't think of a more relevant topic as we launch this podcast for Christian school educators. So I've had the opportunity to hear Jeff speak several times, and each time I was very challenged. And I was really motivated, I guess I could say, to get back in the fight and fight harder as we impact these young lives for Christ. And if you haven't met Jeff, I really do hope you'll have that opportunity. He and his wife, Michelle, are faithful servants. They have two daughters, three grandchildren, and he's been a pastor as well as a church and a school planter. So just such a wide and varied experience there that he brings to the table. He is the founder and CEO of Renew Nation and Illuminate Academy, and that's Renew Nation's virtual school. So maybe you've come across the Renew Nation magazine as well. And every edition that I have ever opened has been full of practical, current, and really challenging information. Jeff is also an author. He's the author of The Life of Radical Faith. So you can see he has dedicated his life to awakening the church and the Christian school, really, to the need of giving every child a biblical worldview. So Jeff, let's start there. You were a pastor for many years. What led you to get involved in biblical worldview education? Well, Jenny, thanks again for the privilege to be with you guys. I love what BJU Press is doing. You're doing amazing work. Yeah, so my first pastor, right out of Bible college, they sent me to a little inner city church uh, that was so dead I couldn't possibly kill it. And uh, no, there were some precious uh, elderly saints there who were working hard, but it was an inner city ministry, and God did a miracle. We ended up, all kinds of drug addicts and alcoholics came in off the streets, and God saved them and changed their lives, and I ended up 
150 of their children within five years of being there. Wow. So all of their kids were in public schools except for one. All of those children were in the public schools. And so uh, I was eventually able to hire a student ministries pastor, and he said, what is my mission? And I said, your mission is to live with our kids wherever they're at. He said, well, they're all in public schools. I said, go live in the public school. So we ended up leading a Christian club in every single middle and senior high school in Broward County, Florida, which was 32 different schools. That is and fantastic. Did, yeah, it, it was it was kind of crazy. And I, went to, I began to go and speak in those schools, and that's honestly when I began to say, wait a minute. I had this vision of we, these kids' moms and dads had just come out of drugs and alcohol, not all of them, but many of them, uh, come out of drugs and alcohol, and their life had been a wreck. Now their moms and dad are serving Jesus. They've gotten away from all that crazy stuff. And I said, I've got to capture the minds of these children. And when it dawned on me, I started going and speaking in those schools. I said, there's no chance. They're in this school for 40 hours a week. I've got them at church for two hours a week. I can't win the battle. I can't. I just don't have enough time. And that's where I began to get this dream in my heart. What if I had them all week long in my church? And honestly, when I became a young pastor, I was in Christian education for most of my upbringing, you know, my years growing up. But it wasn't a real passion of mine. I was just passionate about pastoring. And then uh, I got in there and saw that, and I began to dream about it. And uh, wasn't able to start a school there, but I moved to Roanoke, Virginia. And in 2002, God finally led us to start a Christian school and end up with hundreds of kids in a few years. And I began to see up close and personal, wow, this is one of the very best ways to disciple children. I mean, I then had all these hundreds of kids from my church in my school, in our school all week long. And today there are hundreds of them are graduate, have graduated, they've gone into business, medicine, law, government, ministry, they're walking with Jesus. And so that's why I'm passionate about it. It's one of the best discipleship tools there exist in this world today. That is fantastic. That's a, that's a goosebump story. I love hearing you tell that. And what I love about it is that you didn't just see the need, you acted on it. And I can't imagine how busy you all were managing all that, but you had that passion for students. I love that. So let's take that and talk about the state of biblical worldview education in the U.S. today. So we were supposedly a Christian nation, right? We have Christian churches, we have Christian schools. Is that not sufficient? What What are you seeing? What's the state of biblical worldview education? Well, uh, you know, uh, as Glenn Schultz has made famous, in order to really train children well, you need to get the family, church, and school all teaching God's truth together. That's right. And, you know, we've all seen the statistics. I mean, over the last 50 years, the evangelical church did not do well. I mean, we've lost of the millennials, which I count them, anybody born basically in the 80s and 90s, 75 to 80 million of them, we've lost essentially 80 to 90 percent of them. To yeah, the that's heartbreaking. No, it, it's terrible. So the definition of insanity is to continue doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so one of my callings is to awaken the church and say, look, if you keep doing it the way you did it for the last 50 years, it's not going to work. And the one element that the church, the Christian family in America, the evangelical family was missing was the school. Because 90%, pretty much 90% of our Christian kids were in public schools. And, and let me just say here, I know many great public school teachers who are Christians and administrators, they're out there fighting the battle. They're trying to win missionaries. And I appreciate them so much. And some of them, that is their calling. I just no longer subscribe to the idea that our children uh, can effectively be missionaries at 10 years old, 8 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old in a public school. And so what happened was in America, uh, you know, thank God for the 60s and 70s, we launched thousands of Christian schools. And by the early 90s, that, that movement, it kind of started slowing down. 
And then the Christian homeschool movement came to life, you know, during that time in the organic Christian school movement. And thank God, due to COVID, now we've got both of them booming and, and, and growing crazy. But I think what happened was many of those original schools got off focus. They lost their mission and they became prep schools, football schools, whatever. Uh, many of them, you know, started using non-Christian textbooks because it was cheaper uh, and on and on it goes. And then by the time we get to the 2000s, we have tons of Christian schools that were Christian in name only. And so I think one of the best things that I've seen happen is, it, and I'm not just being a homer for BJU, I don't work for BJU, but what I've seen over the last 10 years has been something amazing is I've been speaking for your VIPs where you bring in administrators and teachers and show them, you know, to this biblical worldview conference y'all put on, and I'm privileged to speak at it, is that more and more as I travel the country now, I was just at a school this past weekend. I spoke Saturday night to a school that went from 250 in the last 10 years to 920 kids this fall. Okay. And they look me in the eyes and they tell me over and over again, and I hear this all over the country, we are totally committed to biblical worldview education now. We weren't five years ago. We weren't seven years ago. Say, we came to this BJU Biblical Worldview Conference, and it changed our whole approach. And I'm hearing it all over the country. So I would say the state of Christian education at large had kind of slid. We kind of lost our purpose for Christian education in many instances. But I think uh, over the last 10 years, due to what you guys are doing, due to what's happened during COVID, that there's a great awakening again taking, taking place, and schools are getting really committed to Biblical Worldview education again. Now, the church has not played a great role in the biblical worldview development of children. I hate to say it out loud, but that's a God's honest truth. I am meeting more and more pastors right now, because we have a whole church and family division, who are really taking it serious now. They've seen the slide in our culture. It, it's so drastic now, the transgenderism and the sex changes. That has finally gotten captured the attention of pastors. And so their doors are flinging open to renovation right now as well, and to this whole idea of biblical worldview. So it's it's really it's really cool what God's doing. Yeah, that's a blessing to hear that that window is opening, and this is our time. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I've had the blessing of hearing you speak on this topic several times. And for those of you who are listening, I hope you will take any opportunity to hear Jeff speak. It's always a blessing, always challenging. But I wondered if you could take the next few minutes and just boil down what you share in those sessions just to a few key reasons why biblical worldview education is so important for our children today. Well, I'll tell you what, first of all, and I share this in educational settings, but I also share it in churches, is that um, we, we have to understand that children belong to God. We're just their managers. It's that simple. Uh, we're going to all stand before God someday and give an account for how we raised his children. And I remember when that first dawned on me, I first held my little baby girl, Juliana, in my arms, and I looked in her face and something said to me, you realize her soul will never die, and she will live forever somewhere. And I'll tell you what, it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I said, oh, God, help me not to mess this up. And so, um, you know, that that's the first thing that we all understand, whether we're Christian school educators or moms and dads or grandmas and grandpas in the homes, we've been given this great responsibility. Many of you are teaching in Christian schools, and you're sitting there with a classroom full of children. Look in their faces and realize that for perhaps this one year, God thought so highly of you as a teacher that he entrusted you with these children for this year. I mean, that's that's a weighty responsibility. So that, that's one reason. There's so many reasons. Uh, secondly, it, we live in a hostile culture. 
And, you know, in the past, you could send your kid to a public school. They had a generally Judeo-Christian view of life. Johnny would come home. Moms and dads would say, hey, you know, did you uh, did you hear anything objectionable today? And Johnny said, well, you know, they cursed on the playground. And, you know, well, we don't believe in cursing. The Bible says don't talk filthy. And, you know, Johnny, don't do that. That's about the extent of it. Right. Today, they're literally attacking the fabric of a biblical worldview in, in, in public schools and in the, in the whole culture at large. And so right. if we're not intentional about giving our children biblical worldview education in the family, church, and school, I promise you the world is super intentional and they're going to get them. Oh, yes. The other reason why we can't play around with this is we only get one chance. We only get one chance with our kids. And Barna has been saying in some of the speeches he gives at these VIPs that he has concluded after 40 years of research that the worldview a child or the core set of beliefs a child has developed by the age of 13 is the core set of beliefs or the worldview they will die with. And so we, we only have one chance. And so this is what I say. Why would we send our kids off to a school that's not reinforcing 100% our values? Right. And the other thing is when I'm speaking across the country, talking about the importance of giving children a biblical worldview and education, I have grandparents and parents come up to me weeping. I can't Tell you how many times this has happened to me. And they look me straight in the face and they say, Jeff, why didn't I hear this 30 years ago? My child's an atheist. My child no longer believes. They've walked Christianity. And they would give away their retirement right now if they could get their child's mind back. So I guess I guess one of the main reasons, and I give all kinds of reasons, but one of the main things is the devil's playing for keeps. And we play for keeps as well. The devil wants our children. What is that saying? Uh, I heard somebody say, whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. And I'm saying to educators all across this country, we have got to be more passionate about capturing the hearts and minds of our children than the devil is, because he's very passionate about it. And so it's it's not a game that we can afford to lose. We must be totally committed to it. And then the bottom line is, is when we do give them a biblical worldview, amazing things happen. You've heard me probably tell about TJ, the kid that you know, we had in our school for all those years and then sent him off to a non-Christian university. He got in a big debate on abortion. And in one debate, this one boy, he was the only kid in his whole class that had a biblical worldview education. He won the heart of 24 other students who had never heard a, heard a good debate against abortion. So, yeah, when we when we raise our kids with a biblical worldview and bring them to Christ, uh, saving knowledge of Christ, we unleash them on the world, they got to make a huge difference. Right. Exactly. So to your first point about children being our most precious possessions, you know, that's such a profound statement, but really it's a good reminder because obviously God has given parents the responsibility for their children. We understand that. But when they share a part of that responsibility with teachers and administrators, like you said, we too then have that tremendous responsibility. And so often in schools, it does become about finishing the books or developing fine arts talents or winning games. And even educators need the reminders, you know, not just parents, even educators need those reminders that those children must be the most precious and important part of their work as an educator. And it isn't about the curriculum. It's about making the most of the opportunity to give the young people a biblical worldview. And uh, yeah, just like you said, in that very short time we have. So to your second point or the second part of what you were saying, you're mentioning that really our failure to give children a biblical worldview is resulting in the loss of faith for these children. So that's a pretty big and pretty powerful statement. So what have you seen that's brought you to that conclusion? Well, just just first of all, the statistics. You know, when you see the statistics of the millennials, 
I asked George Barna to his face not too long ago. I said, "What is your, uh, what's your, what, what, what's your research telling you now about the percentage of millennials who actually have a biblical worldview?" And he looked, he looked and said, "Jeff, do you want to get depressed?" And I said, "No, but I want to know the truth." He said, "Jeff, my late numbers are saying only four percent. Think about this: four percent of those seventy-five to eighty million children born in the eighties and nineties in America have a biblical worldview." I mean, and, and then obviously, what else are we seeing? The whole culture, everything is crazy. I mean, when when I have a pastor come up to me, he's got a huge ministry in the public schools, and I was speaking at his church last fall up in Pennsylvania, and he said, Jeff, we're totally invested in public schools here. But he said, it's so crazy that there's a girl in one of our schools that declares that she's a cat, and they're letting her use the bathroom in the cat litter box. And so I'm just saying what has happened is as the United States has become untethered from truth and specifically education has become completely disconnected from truth, anything has become possible. Everything has become a reality, and it's insanity right now. And the other thing is it's just what we're doing to our children, this whole gender thing. Who would have thought twenty, even 20 years ago that we would be telling 13-year-old girls to have surgery, to remove body parts and boys and take hormones. So I, I think the evidence that we've abandoned a biblical worldview is everywhere. And here, here's the deal about a biblical worldview. This is why I love it so much. The biblical worldview is actually the only one that works out in the real world. Take mom. God says one man, one woman come together for a lifetime, married, raising kids. That's how to do it. And all the research in the world says that when a mom and dad stay together, raise their children, those are the healthiest children in the world statistically, okay? But look at all the in prison. I've heard studies that said 75% of all men in prison grew up without a father in the home. We violate God's design. It doesn't work out of the real world. I, I worked in a prison for a while. I volunteered. And they said on Mother's Day, thousands of cards would go out of that prison to mothers. On Father's Day, hardly a single card went out because none of those men hardly had a father. So the evidence is everywhere that failing to give kids a biblical worldview has caused disaster in our country. And to think that as Christian educators, we get to work on helping this shape this in kids every day. What a privilege or not. Right. So a biblical worldview education is obviously very uniquely different from all forms of secularized education. So can you give us some specifics about that? Um I guess, in what ways are these two forms of education uniquely different or need to be uniquely different? Well, I, I like to say that a, you know, they answer those two forms of education, secularized and biblical worldview, answer life's major questions very, very different. Think about that. So question number one that everybody, every child is trying to answer in their mind, who is in control? Who has ultimate authority? Well, where do we go for that answer? The first four words of the Bible, in the beginning, God, okay? If God started it all, if he created us, and then he gave us this rule book and said, you know, and I don't like to call it a rule book, and it's a, it's a manual for healthy living is what it is, the Bible is. But anyhow, he gave us this book, then, then we have to be accountable to that. But what does a secular education say to answer that question? At the end of the day, it's each man for himself. You know, whoever has the most power is who you are, who has authority. But if that person, if that power shifts, there's no, you know, eternal reason why that person, we should come under that person's authority. It's just because they have power. So things like that. Uh, things like, uh, what does it mean to be human? I mean, literally, 
These are fundamental questions. And one of the reasons why we have such an identity crisis in public education today is because we've never taught our, those children. They're not allowed to teach those children what it means to be human, because what does it mean? We find out in Genesis, in his image, he created man and woman, all right? So what does that mean? It means the reason why humans are the only species that can think, speak, write, design, and plan is because God decided to give us a little bit of his speaking ability, his writing ability, his designing ability, his planning ability, okay? And so when you take a little child in a Christian school and you look at them and say, you're creating the divine image of God, and the reason that English language arts matters is because you're the only species that can speak and write like God. Can you imagine that God chose you? So shouldn't you, since you, he's given you this gift, shouldn't you learn how to do it super well? So you could show the world. And so, you know, so there, what does it mean to be human? We're creating the image of God. What do they say it means to be human? You're a highly evolved animal. And if you'll notice, we're the animal they hate the most. They think we're polluting or robbing through the planet. Think about how much they want to save wells and kill them. It's so perverted. Things like, what is our purpose? This is an ultimate question that all education, here's what I like to say. Every education is teaching doctrine because every education is teaching core beliefs. I don't care, you go in any school in the world, they'll tell you, you know, where do we come from? Ultimate question. What happens to us when we die? Ultimate question. Why are we here? Ultimate question. And here's my point. The difference between a biblical worldview education and secularized education, education can be summed up in the answers to those massive questions of life. But the implications of getting giving a child the wrong answer can be terrible. Like I was on a plane, this German girl, and uh, I said to her, "What did she was coming from Germany? She'd been there 14 years in public German schools, German public schools." And I said to her, "What did they teach you was the purpose of life?" And she said, "They taught me the purpose of life was to do whatever I want to do." And I said, "What I added? They taught you to do whatever you wanted to do in order to make yourself happy." She said, "That's exactly what we they taught me." And here we can't understand why we have so many narcissists running around as young people in our country, uh, you know, caught ourselves in social media and all this other stuff. We didn't teach them what their purpose was to take dominion of the earth, bend creation back to God's design and show the world the beauty and glory of God. What a grand purpose for children to know. But they're not being taught that in secularized education. And we could go on and on, but we don't have that long on this podcast. <laughs> right. No, those are great. Those are fantastic contrast there. And, you know, those impressions that are being made on those young hearts, they're long lasting. You know, there's like you said, they're spending more time with their teachers than they are with their parents, really. And those are just those are important years. And, you know, God has given clear instructions on how to raise children. He gives that to parents. Like we said, if we're sharing those responsibilities, what are some of those instructions? Can you boil down? Because even as teachers, it's good to go back to those basics. What are those instructions that God's given us? Well, you know, a couple of the main scriptures everybody has memorized, train up a child in the way she should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Um, and training is a, is a rigorous process. It's not just telling them once or twice. It's daily showing them in the warp and woof of life, uh, you know, what it looks like to serve God. Also, I love Deuteronomy chapter 6. I mean, it, he gives all these commandments, and then he says, teach these diligently to your children when you get up in the morning, when you're walking by the way, when you sit down, and when you go to bed at night. So what does he say? All day, every day, train your children in my truth. And I literally, it blows my mind that Christian parents think that they could take eight hours out of a day, turn their children over to unbelievers 
who will not teach them God's truth for eight hours a day and think they're obeying the commandment given to us in Deuteronomy 6. So God's very clear. All day, every day, in every sphere of life, we must show children God's ideas, God's thoughts, and how to implement them in their lives. That's fantastic. So bringing this back to what you're doing on a daily basis, if maybe we can just wrap up with one more question. So what are a few ways that Renew a Nation is inspiring and equipping families, churches, and schools to give children in their care a biblical worldview? What does that look like for you? What are you, what are you working on these days? We did a great job giving our mission statement right there. That's what it is. We inspired with those are the two things. You've heard me speak, and as part of my calling is to inspire people. I mean, I'm a challenging. I call some people call me a prophetic voice because I warn about that what's going on. But I, I think I, I want to be more than that because I'm hopeful. See, I believe in God. I don't believe God is dead. Look at look at what happened in COVID. We all were going, Will Christian education collapse? No, no, it exploded. We have three, four, five million new kids in Christian schools and Christian homeschools right now. That's only God Almighty. BJU couldn't think that up. Renew a Nation couldn't think that up. So anyhow, inspiring and equipping. That's what we do. So uh, let me just quickly tell you, in Christian education, uh, for those, you know, we help launch new Christian schools. We're getting two to three calls almost every single week right now from some community in America wanting to start a new school. And guess who's calling us? Public school teachers. Christian public school teachers are the number one group calling to start school. It's blowing our minds. So we do that. We re- we rebuild uh, schools or revitalize, renew them. We have a full-blown program where we go and assess them from top to bottom, uh, build new strategic pl- plans and coach them for three years. That's a tremendous program for schools uh, that really want to be excellent, be at their very best. Uh, we have a, a program called REAP where we do teacher development. We got a program right now called Cornerstones. It's designed specifically for teachers coming out of public education into Christian schools to give them the core foundational ideas of how teaching in a Christian school is different than a public school. So that's a brand new program. We start this fall. It'd be an online program. Uh, we do have a homeschool coaching program, uh, and we do have the Illuminate Academy. I would just say to those of you who might listen to this, we've come alongside a bunch of Christian schools. This year we had about 300 kids, and most of them from Christian schools who they didn't have a high you know, high math teacher or something, and they took high math from Illuminate. We really partner with schools. We don't compete with schools. A kid can't sign up through a school to be in Illuminate, and then the next semester be in our school without them. We won't let that happen. We really are a part. So, yeah, Christian schools, we have a church and family division. We do parent, biblical world, be parent, grandparent conferences. we got all kinds of fantastic resources. Our book, 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home, is amazing. Every parent should have that book. It's tremendous, and, and other resources. Uh, church and family, we have a fantastic new family ministry uh, training program. It's nine months online. You get a certificate in family ministry led by Dr. Josh Mulvihill that shows church workers, children's workers, youth workers, and pastors how to build a family ministry that will help children develop a biblical worldview in the church. Lots of other things. we got our National Magazine and the Renewal Nation Review. As you mentioned, if they're not getting that, we'll send it to a school for free. They just have to pay shipping. We don't charge them for the magazine, and, and thousands and thousands of those goes into go into families. Um, obviously, I speak. Dr. Mobile speaks, but I speak at all kinds of fundraising banquets. I go in and do one-day professional development for teachers on biblical worldview. Uh, I'll throw in some speeches to students if I happen to be at a school. Uh, I speak in a lot of churches. So, uh, And then we have a camp, Manderley Christian Camp and Conference Center, where we train young people in biblical worldview, and then we have a scholarship division where we we help fund about 900 kids a year to go to Christian schools right now. So, quick, that's about that's that's some of what we're into. We got all kinds of other things I didn't touch, but some of what we're into. 
That's fantastic. And I love that you're putting feet to your passion on that. And you all are obviously working tirelessly on that. And I love how you are reaching into different segments as well. You're not just focusing one because, you know, students need to be challenged as well as teachers. And I love, too, that you're focusing on those who are coming in from public education. And that is a change coming into a Christian environment and how to give that biblical worldview to students. It's a learning curve for them as well, even though they may be Christians themselves. So thank you for that. This is all excellent. And once again, I am so challenged with the urgency of just the intentionality a biblical worldview, even in the Christian school classroom. And Jeff, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be with us. I know you're a very busy person. (laughs) Just hearing that list is exhausting, but thank you for giving of your time. And honestly, this topic could not be more relevant than it is today. And I know that God has brought you and your talents and me and to all those who are listening here for this day and this time in history and has given us these young people to impact for Christ. And that's just a tremendous opportunity. So thank you so much for your time. It's it's great to be with you, Jenny. I appreciate what you guys did. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you were challenged and encouraged as I was. Remember to go to Teacher Edition Podcast to submit your questions for upcoming episodes. Of course, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and also follow us on social media. Now, it's time to get back to your day. But it's not just any day. Every day in the classroom is your day to impact and inspire through God's power and His grace working in you. Go do what God has called you to do.